0: Hey, good morning. good morning. Welcome home. It's time for children's church, but before you go, would you come up here please just for a second? Come here. Come here. That's such that's such an attractive, right? You you use that voice and kids and just on it. That is so cool. All right. Everybody, everybody, everybody. It's almost Christmas. All right, all hands in the middle. Ready? We're going to, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, hurry up. we got to wait for the Dillingham man. They're cool. Ready, Jesus on three. One, two, three. Jesus! Go get it. All right, we love you. Merry Christmas. We'll see you later. Okay, great to have you here. Um, Genesis chapter 3. If you have your Bibles, you want to turn to Genesis chapter 3. If you don't have a Bible, uh, there might be one under one of the seats in front of you. Um, That's yours to keep if you don't own one and you'd like one. Uh, This is week three of our series, We Need Christmas. Uh, This week we're looking at We Need Christmas because we need a new family tree. A new family tree. Now that is already abundantly clear to those of us who grew up in dysfunctional families, uh, but we'll see that regardless of what kind of family, um, earthly family we come from, good, bad, indifferent, strange, quirky that we all need a new family tree. And that's one of the reasons that we need Christmas. And that's exactly what Jesus offers us. And, and as we do in this series, we're, we're going to look in the Old Testament and the New Testament to see how from the very beginning of time, Jesus coming at Christmas and all the fullness of who he is, and all the fullness of what we need, it, it satisfies our deepest longings, our deepest cravings, our deepest, our deepest needs from the very beginning, all of us. So before we do that, I have a couple of quick things that I need to share with you. Um, I would like to invite Shree up for just a, just a second. She didn't know this was coming, but um, I don't think I'm going to get in trouble for it. Um, I just wanted to have my wife here. Um... 25 years ago, God gave us to each other um, today. And so. And then she has been um, the way that God has shown me how much he loves me and um, use her to um, turn me more and more into the man that, um, that he wants me to be. So I'm actually hoping for like a 50 to life sentence, but uh, <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, um, today's our anniversary. Uh, we had talked about like a, like a Mediterranean cruise or a trip or something, uh, but we're going to go all out. Uh, we're going to the W. Um, after, after the service, uh, nothing says love like the artery-clogging goodness of biscuits and gravy. So um, another thing that I, that I need to share with you, last week... Um, A relatively new believer, Johnny, uh, who uh, was here. Uh, Those of you who are with us know that. Um, Yesterday was his birthday, so he's up in Crested Butte celebrating with his his grandparents. But um, Johnny has the heart of the gospel as Jesus plants this in him. Um, And saw a friend, uh, a young lady, who uh, was recently divorced out of an abusive uh, relationship and is destitute, um, does not have a job, um, is living with family and doesn't have any money for her three children under the age of five for Christmas. And so he stood up here and asked, you know, if, if he could um, ask that we could give so that she would have maybe three or $400 to, um, to buy some things for her kids and, and, and things that she might need. And so spur of the moment you gave you gave 1100 dollars praise praise god pray you give like god gives you know beyond all that we can ask for or imagine so this this young lady who otherwise had a lot of despair is, is going to have some bills paid, is going to have some needs met, is going to have more than words that God loves her and loves her kids and that all that she's been through and all of the things that she's done or suffered through or committed, it doesn't matter in Christ. It She has a home. And, and so I hope you get addicted to this because we're gonna be... Um, I don't wanna start preaching a message that's not coming until January, but we're gonna see a lot of this. We're we're gonna enjoy a lot of this until this town has changed, this city has changed, this college has changed, one life, one family at a time um, as God kind of breaks into us in new ways and out of us in some beautiful ways. Um, we got one service today. I'll, I keep in prayer. Our college students, you know, there are a lot of people from the congregation are traveling, college students traveling. That's what we do. We gather, we send. We gather, we send. So this is sending mode, but um, just hoping everybody is uh, safe and comes back to us. There's a lot to do. Okay, last thing. Um, Our Christmas service this year is on Saturday night. It's on Christmas Eve. Um, We have these beautiful flyers. Uh, Ryan and I will be standing at the exit to make sure that you have more than one. Um, It's called Kids Need Christmas. Now, um, it's going to be very special uh, in that we'll have the the small chairs here and all the kids. And and we're going to have a a sheep and... and, um, we're gonna talk about we need Christmas because we need a lamb. We need a lamb. Um, and so while it looks like it's just for the kids, um, there's gonna be plenty um, for us. So take these, not as a, just as a reminder for you, um, but take some extras that you can hand out. Um, it's, we are, you know, it's not odd that we have the gospel here. We're gonna preach it every week every week for believers and for non-believers because we can't reach the bottom of it. It's a, and there's room on the back if you want to write a note or something like that. I want to thank um, the the Williams kids. They look adorable. Nothing new there. Uh, Ryan Johnson, uh, Josh Hudson, uh, Ryan Wright, you know, who we haven't seen in a while, came in because we had a computer crash and all of that stuff. But it's it's beautiful stuff, so... Uh, Suitable for framing, but even better for giving away, okay? All right, that's it. Uh, In the past several years, um, researching genealogy has become real popular. People want to know where they came from. Um, um, Anybody here adopted? Anybody here adopted? Just Pam? Anybody else? You? Okay, good, good, good. God bless you. God bless you. That's a great thing. We're going to be we're going to be talking about things that 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 you will be able to connect to. There's a lot of people who um, who are in their family of birth who want to know how far back they could trace it. Right? There are a lot of people who are adopted who want to find out who you know what their birth family was like and all. I frankly um, I get stuck after like three generations. Okay, it's a little embarrassing to say, but there's some sketchiness on both sides uh, after you get back a little way. So I'm not particularly curious because I'm a little afraid of what I'm gonna find. Um, here's a question to start with. Um, how's your home life? How, how is your home life? Do, do, as you think about your genealogy, um, do you have a quirky family? Do you have a somewhat dysfunctional family? Do you have a a godless family? Do you have a wild family? Do you, do you have some relatives that you would just as much prefer that they weren't related to you? Do you, you wanna see? Yeah, we all do. There are those of us who do in a minute and those of us who do and pretend they don't. Um, here's a little bit of God's sense of humor as we look at this. Um, hands up, if you... Look a little bit like the relative you'd most like to forget. Okay, yeah. Don't worry; they can't hear your hand going up on the podcast, and chances are they're not listening anyway. That that is it. Have you ever have you ever um, felt like I just hope that the dysfunction, the addictions, the heart mindset, the the bent of this person doesn't find its way down into who I am and what I'm about, how I do life, how I do love, how I do God, how I do family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I look a lot like my maternal grandfather who was a, tra- a religious train wreck um, um, and, and, and wrecked lives. And so I, I pray that those things don't find their way down into our, my spiritual DNA, if, if you will. And if you have ever said, I don't want to turn out like my mom. I don't want to turn out like my dad. I don't want to turn out like my grandparents. I don't want my brothers, my sisters, whatever it is. That is a God-inspired Um, feeling many times, many times. Jesus is all about it. In fact, we need Christmas because we need a new family tree and that's exactly what Jesus gives us. Now, this morning, lots of scripture and what I want you to do um, is not say, oh gosh, Tom's gonna read to us. No, if that's what it is, you leave here empty. I leave here empty. If you and I can, can, can pray even as we listen um, and say, I, I don't want just words spoken. I don't want words read. I want God, his voice um, working through this time to actually speak truth into my heart about who he is, who I am and how he longs despite how far apart those things are to bring us together, okay? That's what it's always about and it's always through Jesus. So here we go, Uh, Genesis 3, Genesis 3. Um, A little lead in before we get into verse eight which is where we're gonna pick it up. Um, We talk about uh, I mentioned spiritual DNA and and that 's kind of our family tree and our first parents we uh, are Adam and Eve, you know our our first parents now they have just um, been put into paradise into Eden, and they are naked and happy, and Adam is singing songs to his beautiful wife, and they have everything and Satan comes up and says, look, you think life is good, um, but this God, he is um, holding out on you. There's stuff that you have yet to see. There are things that you have yet to enjoy that he's keeping from you. God is holding out on you. You think this is good with him as your father, with him as your Lord in his kingdom, but that's because that's all you've ever seen. There's much more out there. And what you need to do is is run away from home. What you need to do is declare your independence. Get out from under his thumb. Get out from under his roof. Be your own boss. Be your own father. Be your own God, and you can do it. And I'll show you how. And they buy it. They eat the fruit. Um, Shame enters the world. uh, Enters uh, humankind. Enters our spiritual DNA. Enters our family tree, if you will. That has been handed down generation after generation after generation to all of us. And um, verse 7, right before we pick it up. Just uh, as evidence of the fall, they are now making the first pair of underwear out of fig leaves. And you know that's going to itch. There might be a rash associated with it. And here we go, verse 8. And they, being Adam and Eve, heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Now, when we see the Lord God, any time we see the physical manifestation of God, New Testament, Old Testament, doesn't matter. This is the pre-Bethlehem, pre-incarnate Jesus Christ, okay? Just remember that. Jesus doesn't appear all of a sudden in Bethlehem. He appears with skin on, okay? Walking in the cool of the day, and the man and the wife, get this, did what? Hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God. Isn't that what we do? Isn't that something that's been handed down through our spiritual DNA, through our family tree? We, we hide ourselves. We hide ourselves from God. You say, well, no, I don't hide myself. We distract ourselves from the reality of his nearness of the reality of standing face-to-face before him. That's what we do. Sometimes we distract ourselves with good things. Sometimes we distract ourselves with destructive things. But we do distract ourselves. And that's been handed down to us. Look, look at how common some of this stuff is. They hid themselves among the trees in the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, why is he called to the man? He calls to the man because he has created the man to be the spiritual leader of the family. How common is that? Not. Christian families, how common is that? Not. When God comes to your door, he's going to say, Where's the man of the house? Not because he's more important, not because he's more valued in the eyes of the Lord because that's his role, that's his role. The role of the woman is no less important, no less exalted, but God calls to the man and says to him, where are you, where are you? It's not because he doesn't know, it's because he has to say it. The man has to answer for his wife, for his family. Where are you? He's asking me, what's the spiritual condition of your family? I have laid that at your feet. Where are you? It should make all of us very, all of us men, very humble, very dependent, very repentant, very on our knees, very I am not the man that you call me to be, but in your presence, by your spirit, I will be. This is not leaving you alone if there's not a man in your home. The church is to be that for you. Okay, before we get into another scripture, let's go. Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Do you see the shame? You see the shame? I know what I've done. I know it's offensive to you. And so rather than come to you, I run from you. This has been handed down to us. This is our spiritual legacy, okay? We have the fear of the Lord in awesomeness, not in fear of punishment, okay? That's what he has. Because I was naked, I hid myself. He said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree which i commanded you not to eat again he knows the man said get this okay blame blame and responsibility shifting now now finds its way into marriage into relationships right he's not repentant he's blaming he's blaming we do it too in the church you want to know what's wrong with the world it's them You want to know what's wrong with the world? It's us. Okay? It's not that the world behaves like the world without God. It's that the church behaves like the church without God. Okay? Okay, there you go. There's the blame. But you're going to see it in every human relationship. Did you do this? Verse 12, the man said, the woman... The woman I was just singing songs about, the one you gave me to be with, she, it's her. She gave me the, now, this is just, yeah, really. Don't you recognize this in your life? She gave me the fruit of the tree and I ate. Every broken relationship, every broken friendship, every broken marriage, you know what? If they weren't like this, this wouldn't be the way it is. Even if we are 0.001% at fault, we're to lead in repentance. You know why our kids don't know how to repent? Because they don't see their parents doing it. Our children, um, our children, or the children you will one day, God willing, have, don't know how to be busted And come running home because they haven't seen their parents do it. And they know we've messed up. In their lives. If Tommy and Quincy, God bless them, they're home. Don't see their dad. When I sin against them, against their mom. Come in repentance before God and before them. And show them how to be broken and forgiven. They won't know. They won't know. And if we do church the way a lot of people do church, which is to come here all scrubbed up and we got the best family and we got the best faith and we got the, and lead lives that are train wrecks either through religion or rebellion, we're disobeying God. So my kids won't respect me if I do that. Your kids don't respect you because you don't do that. Brokenness is the path to wholeness. Repentance is the most beautiful thing in the world. Okay, he doesn't know that. That's our spiritual legacy. So the Lord God, 13, said to the woman, What is this that you have done? The woman said, The serpent. Deceive me, and I ate. Devil made me do it. Okay, is that what you're going to go with? How's that working out for you? Okay, we are complicit. We are complicit. Satan can't force you into anything that we're not secretly rooting for him to win. Do you get that? Part of us is in love with sin. That's what we need to repent of. We need to become so enthralled, so seduced, so in love with Jesus Christ that sin looks like garbage, that it is. Okay, God bless somebody. So here's the curse. The Lord God said to the serpent... To the devil, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly shall you go and the dust shall you eat. Satan doesn't eat good food, doesn't feed good food to his people. All the days of your life, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. And here he talks about Jesus. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. There is coming a day when I will walk the earth with flesh on and yes, you will see me crucified. But three days later, I will have one foot on your neck and with the other one, I will smash your head. Victory is mine and for my people. That's Jesus. I will stomp you out. To the woman. This is our family tree, now transplanted outside of God, the roots of which are transplanted outside of paradise, outside of fellowship. We get a new house, and the new house rules. I will surely multiply your pain and childbearing this is the onset of all epidurals and um, I don't believe this. Uh, sorry, Jim. <laughs> but because of the fall, you have a beautiful thing. You know, yeah. um, It's not just bearing children. It's raising them. They're going to break your heart like you've broken mine. Um, in pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband. Now, this is a very confusing passage to many. Um, it's actually um, for leadership. You will desire the role I have, I have called him to. Um, you will chafe against the spiritual leadership of your husband. You will not want that. Um, you're going to want to run uh, the show. Uh, and yet he shall rule over you. Um, and not always in a good way. Um, some will take it as leadership means you will be under my thumb. When Christ says that we will love our wives as Christ loves the church. And this is what I hope to grow even more in in the next 25 years. That I sacrifice my life for Sheree. Okay? That I will love her as Christ loves the church. Not that I will love the church in place of my wife. Get that. Because many of you will want that. And I will say no. Because if I get this wrong, that's a tragedy. If I get this wrong, this doesn't happen. Pray for our marriage. Um, please. And I pray for yours. Um, He said to Adam because you've listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground. Whole earth because of you. The beautiful things that we see, particularly here in the Gunnison Valley, are under the curse. As beautiful as they are there are things you have not seen. They are not the way that God created them to be. Can you imagine the beauty? Can you imagine the glory that we have not seen? Everything we have pales in comparison. Cursed is a ground because of you. In pain, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. You will live lives of struggle. How common are these house rules? to make a living for your family. All the days of your life, thorns and thistles shall it bring forth for you. I, I created you to, to cultivate, to, to create, to do wonderful things in me, through me, that I have done. And it will oppose you. Thorns and thistles. It will oppose you. You shall eat the plants of the field by the sweat of your face. Your work will often not be pleasant but toilsome and drudgery. You shall eat bread till you return to the ground out of which you were taken. For you were dust and unto dust you shall return. Death is your end. You will die physically. This is the onset of cancer. This is the onset of disease. This is the onset of uh, everything physical that mirrors everything spiritual. The man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. This is our new family tree. All of us. Verse 21 The Lord God made for Adam and his wife garments of skins and clothed them. Don't miss this. Don't skip over this. God said, The covering that you have made is insufficient. In your rebellion, I will have mercy. I will cover you with what? With skins where do skins come from? I went to hunting camp. They come from animals who were previously using these skins to walk around in. (laughs) God can't make garments of skins without a sacrifice. The first sacrifice that was needed and was provided by God. Mirroring the sacrifice that he will one day provide that will cover his people completely, that will clothe them in the imperishable, that which will not die in the new family tree. This is Jesus talking about Jesus. Then the Lord God said, behold the man has become like one of us, we see the Trinity there, right? Loving fellowship, father, son, spirit, eternally coexisting, right? Us, in knowing good and evil, now lest he reach out his hand and take also the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him out of the garden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove out the man and at the east of the garden of Eden he placed the cherubim. He placed the cherubim and a flaming sword that turned away, turned every way to guard the way of the tree of life the tree of life. You can't live forever like this. My mercy will not allow it. My justice will not allow it. You can't live with me like this. You are transplanted outside of my fellowship, outside of my presence the way it was. Your family tree is now one that leads to And we are guarded against partaking of the tree of life. That's a symbol of the tree of life, which is open now. If we get a new family tree, God did not cast them out uh, on a whim. We chose it. We chose it. You wanted independence. You wanted to run away. You wanted to be outside of my provision, my protection, my love. You got it. I'm still going to love you. I'm still going to love you, but from a distance. Paradise lost. No longer father. Just creator. You are now orphans you're now orphans and fatherless. That's the way you wanted it. And despite how much we try not to be like some of our relatives, there is no getting around that this is our spiritual heritage. And the bad news just helps the good news be even sweeter. And there's always good news, here it is. Um... Before we get there, just realize that we need a new family tree. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Um, We've been cast out. We got what we asked for. This fights against a very popular myth, uh, a true lie. If you remember that series that we did here. And that is the universal fatherhood of God. Universal fatherhood of God. We're all God's children. Everybody's God's children. And like all true lies, it has seeds of truth in it. Um, God is um, God overall, whether we recognize him as such or not. But it denies the fact that many of us have run away from home. We open each service here by saying, welcome home. I want you to capture that this morning. The true welcome home and see its connection to Christmas we're not all God's children. We're all God's creations. Yet he desires, he longs, he wants, he calls, he invites, he seduces all of us to come home, to be welcomed home under his fatherhood. in in the through Jesus Christ to have a new family tree, to have a new heritage in his family. 1 John 3, the last part of... Um, Verse 8. This is a beautiful Christmas verse. The reason the Son of God, the reason Jesus appeared, the reason for Bethlehem, the reason for Christmas was to destroy the works of the devil, was to undo everything we just talked about, undo it all. That's the connection to Christmas, to give us a new heritage, to give us a new inheritance, to give us a new father, to give us a new family tree, to give us new spiritual DNA. The reason Jesus appeared was to destroy the works of the devil, and that's what we're going to look at. The Gospel of John, the first chapter, starting in verse 10, says this. If you want to jot these down, spend some time in them. He was, Jesus was in the world, but the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. We live in a place that shouts to the glory of God. How many people get that or worship the creation rather than the creator? He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him, the Jews. But, here, here's, a, here's a huge but. Okay, God loves big buts. I just had to say that. Verse 12, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, that means throw their entire being on him. Trust him fully. He gave the right to become children of God. Do you see him undoing the curse? Do you see him undoing the works of Satan who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Not by the decision of your parents, not by some biological thing that that I brought about, not by some decision, we're gonna have kids and and, and we're gonna have two, or we're gonna have four, or we're gonna be the Duggars and have 195. We're gonna have no, not people who have the breath of oxygen flowing through their veins, but those who have the breath of life through the Holy Spirit, who come to me and are born of me, just as Jesus was miraculously born in the flesh at Christmas, we must be miraculously born in God, in Jesus, and come to him and receive him. That's how we become children of God. That's how he undoes the curse. That's how we get a new family tree, new spiritual DNA. There is a sophisticated um, theological term that God uses again and again in Scripture to describe this. Here it is. Adoption. It's adoption. It's a huge word. And the fulfillment of this is not in people adopting other people, but in God adopting us back into the family to give us a new family tree. Back with him as father. Here's how he does it, Romans 5. Okay, We're going to do this, and we're going to look at a couple other scriptures, and then we're going we're to see what difference this makes as we leave this place. Okay, We're going to pick it up in verse 10. For if while we were enemies, and see, he's p- talking in the past tense, he's talking to people, Paul's writing to people who have experienced this, and some of us have, and some of us think we have, and some of us know we haven't, but this is to all of us. Listen, listen with your hearts. For if we were enemies, yet we were reconciled, we were made right, all that relational distance was healed and forgiven. Re- reconciled to God by the death of his son jesus, okay why why did Jesus have to have to die because the sentence for a rebel is death. God, I am the source of life, you want out you 're going to die physically and spiritually. Jesus sees the people he loves that 's us under this sentence. And comes and says, I who have not sinned will do the time for your crime. On the cross, in your place, as your substitute, as your stand in, if you trust in me. That's the gospel, okay? By the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life. He rose again so that we can have his life not just be pardoned by his death more than that we also rejoice in god through our lord jesus christ through whom we now have received reconciliation everything everything is better everything is better in christ I want you to see the free gift and how many times he drives this home therefore just as sin came into the world through one man that's adam and death through sin because the wages of sin is death right and so death spread to all men, that's us, because all sin, that's us again, for sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over all those who sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type. When you see a type, that means a symbol. That means a, a, Adam was a, a commercial for for Jesus, right? A type of the one who was to come. But the free gift, that's the first time, is not like the trespass. The gift is so much better than the curse. For if many died through one man's trespass, that's us, much more have the grace of God, the free gift, and the free gift, he says it twice, by the grace, unmerited favor, Of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And the free gift, third time, is not like the result of that one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation. But the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. Okay, pause there. A lot of words. It does not matter how deep your roots have gone in your spiritual DNA, your family tree of rebellion and sin. It does not matter anymore how much you've done that breaks the heart of God, that breaks the heart of people. It does not matter anymore. Why? Because the free gift of grace of Jesus Christ is so much bigger, so much more powerful, so much better than the curse is bad. Don't let that be an intellectual truth. Let it sink down deep. There is nothing you have done. There is nothing you have said. There is nothing you have thought. There is nothing that will separate you from the love of Jesus Christ, that he will not forgive, that he will not heal, that we cannot come in repentance and he won't say, welcome home. The blessing is better than the curse. You have a new family tree. For if by one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through one man, Jesus Christ. Jump down to verse 20. But where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. This is not hypothetical. This is your life. Where sin increased, God ramped up the grace in Jesus Christ. There are so many Christians who are not living in the joy of the new family tree because of your past. And God is saying, bring your sin. There is a tidal wave of grace. There is a tidal wave of overwhelming mercy. There is nothing you have done that is worse than the cross is good I paid it even if you continue to run up the score you can't beat me I'm going to love you I'm going to forgive you I'm going to set you free come home stop hiding and stop thinking you got a new spiritual DNA and a new family tree if you don't. All right. TJ and Kim, I, I gotta, I gotta share one more verse. I know, I know. We're running long and I'm starting to lose some of you, but um, this is 815, Romans 815. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery. See that small s? Just notice Spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption. The sp- Holy Spirit, that's a capital S. Spirit of adoption. I didn't put that there, God did. By whom we cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy, God, I'm home, I'm home, I'm wrecked, I'm dirty, and I'm unworthy but you're loving and you're gracious and you're forgiving. And in Christ, that door is always open. And you're running down the path and you're sweeping me up in your arms and you're covering me with kisses and you're saying, put new clothes on him. Put new clothes on her. Let's throw a party. He's home. She's home. This is your family tree. Because of Jesus Christ, we have friends T.J. and Kimberly Hamilton who adopted a a beautiful, beautiful girl. You've probably seen her here. Um, she's from Ethiopia. Her name is Ayana, and they're away for celebrating their um, anniversary. But the story of their f- adoption of her mirrors what. God's adoption of us is like Um, she was an orphan she had no family she was abandoned at this orphanage to get a new a new family hopefully she got a new family tree Um, and it's now the Hamiltons and some time ago, John Piper wrote a, wrote a piece about the similarities between um, human adoption, if you will, and spiritual adoption, which is what we're talking about. One of them is that it's very costly. They had to go to a place they don't live, they had to go several times to Ethiopia to do this. They spent upwards of $30,000 for the right to call this girl their daughter. How does that mirror what adoption is spiritually? Jesus had to come and make his home here with us so that we could make our home with him. And it didn't cost him $30,000 for you. It cost him everything, everything. Everything. Quickly, another similarity. Um, It involves a legal status uh, change. Nobody else has claim to Ayana, but TJ and Kimberly. There is nobody who can go and say, she's my daughter, she's coming home with me. When we are spiritually adopted by the decision and grace of God, our legal status changes. Your spiritual birth certificate now puts God as your father through the work and sacrifice of Jesus Christ. There is a legal change, but it is not just legal. It says the spirit cry out, Abba, Father. It's the joy of being in that. Okay? Not all of us who are legally adopted are living in the beautiful joyful reality of the spiritual, heartwarming, overflowing joy of being his child. And because Satan can't steal you away, the next best thing he can do is rob you of your joy of being a child of God. Adoption brought us and brings our children the rights of being heirs to the father. Iana gets all the benefits of being Hamilton. All the benefits, all the rights and privileges appertaining thereto. All the blessing, right? As a child of God, if you are a Christian, are you enjoying them? If not, why not? They're yours. You have all the rights and privileges of being a child of the Most High God, of being a member of the royal family, not by your works, but by Jesus Christ. Are you enjoying that? Do you have this spirit in you that is overwhelming every situation, every place that cries out, God is my father, bring what you will. Jesus is is my sacrifice, is my brother and he can whip anything and anybody but he'd rather bless them and call them into the family too. The Holy Spirit is my life. How bad can things get? Financially, relationally, situationally. If we let that overwhelm us, are you adopted? If you are, are you enjoying it? Finally, adoption rescues our children and us from very bad situations. Ayana would not have had what we call a good life without the Hamiltons. She would not have lived as long as she will live, likely. She would not have the provision. She would not have the blessings. She would not have the protection. God is calling us away from a dead family tree into a tree of life to rescue us from a life that brings us death, despair, discouragement, destruction. I didn't try to find all D words. You know what I mean. It just happens. That's cute. I'm not cute. Um, there is new life Life that's not a counterfeit. He's calling you into that. Um, we're moving. Sheree's the youngest of four, and they used to tell her that she was adopted, that they pulled her out of a dumpster. and Yeah, yeah. And that if she wasn't good, they were going to send her back. Yeah. Um, she's not. She's the biological child in that family. But you know what? That's true of all of us. We were living in the dumpster, fatherless, orphaned spiritually. And God is never gonna send us back. Never, ever, ever in your whole wide life because it's his decision. But he hasn't forced this fatherhood on you. He woos you. He calls you. All right, we're gonna gonna land the plane. Um, John 1, 12, you saw it. Um, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That's how you do it. Galatians 4, four through five but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, Jesus, born of a woman. That's Christmas, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law. We were busted so that we might receive adoption. Adoption as sons, as daughters. Um, I'm from a Christian family. I have spiritual DNA. Um, there's a well-worn phrase, but it's good. God has no grandchildren. You're either a child of God or you're not. I did a funeral some time ago for somebody that I did not know. And so I was talking to the family about this gentleman, and I said, was he a believer? Well, what do you mean by that? Um, was he a Christian? Did he trust Christ? Was Well, his grandfather was a Methodist preacher. Let's just put it that way. I'm like, oh, well. Guess the whole family's covered for. (laughs) I didn't say that. Um, It gave me a picture, though. Are you trusting your parents' faithfulness, and or your grandparents, or your upbringing? It's been said that being born in a Christian family doesn't make you a Christian any more than being born in a bakery makes you a bagel. It's (laughs) true. It's true. Your spiritual DNA is one generation deep and it's yours. We either get a new family tree personally or we don't. Or we don't. I'm not talking about the faithfulness of your family. I'm talking about yours and mine. Um, some of you are not adopted and you know it. But the door is open through Christ. Some of you are and aren't enjoying it. This is more overwhelming in blessing than anything you're facing is in difficulty. The spirit that cries out, Abba, Father, I'm yours. God wants you. Here's the bottom line. God wants you. Even if nobody else does. You might have come from a great family. You might not. It doesn't matter. You might describe yourself as godly. You might describe yourself as anything but. It doesn't matter. He wants you home. And the way home is through Jesus Christ. He chooses you. Just like TJ and Kimberly chose Ayanna. Saying, I'm going to give you the life you could not have. I'm going to give you the family You were not in. Come home. We have house rules. Everybody has house rules. We saw the house rules of the fall, right? In Jesus undoing that, um, there are some new house rules. Here they are. Here's some of them. Trust me, you're secure because I have made you secure. When you feel insecure in your relationship with me, that doesn't make you insecure. As long as I decide you're mine, you're mine. Rest in that, even when you don't feel like it. Everything I tell you to do is to lead you into blessing, life, freedom, and joy. Everything. When you don't do that, you are sacrificing life, freedom, joy, and blessing. Apart from me, you won't have that. I wanna give that all to you. Number two. You find your identity in me. You find your identity in the fact that I love you. That you are my child, that you are forgiven that you are home. You don't find your identity in who loves you or who you love. You don't find your identity in even the gifts I have given you. You don't find your identity in your accomplishments, in your wealth, in your possessions, in your recreation. You don't find your identity, Your identity is in me. And from that, you can be the man, the woman, the child, the student, the husband, the wife, the parent, the son, the daughter, the everything. You find your identity in me. That is unshakable. Whether you're rich or poor, sick or healthy, you find your identity in me. Stop trying to find it in other places. I'm giving it to you. Number three, here's a house rule. Whatever I give you, give away. Whatever I pour into you, pour through you. There's more, and I'll make sure you don't run out. None of us believe that. Not fully, but we're gonna, we're gonna. Whatever I give you, give away. Whatever I pour into you, pour out. Blessing, money, time, sacrifice, love, grace, provision, protection, advocate. Whatever I give you, give away. I won't run out. I won't let you run out. Calls for trust, calls for faith. Number four, enjoy me always. That's a house rule? Yes, that's a house rule. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Does that mean be happy when you're not happy? No, that means enjoy me. What does that mean? Circumstances. Don't matter. Threats. Don't matter. Sickness. Don't matter. The place where you are in life. Don't matter. Inconvenience, pain, hardship. Don't matter. Enjoy me. You have all my love. You have all the rights and privileges of being my child. And there is coming a day which will last forever where you're going to have all the evidence of that. Let that carry you through. Enjoy me at all times. If you can't enjoy God, get to where you can. Plead with him to be able to do that. One of the house rules of this new family tree and being home is enjoy me always. How are you doing with that? None of us good enough. So we need to press into God's word, press into his Holy Spirit, press into each other to wake that up. Enjoy me in everything at all times. And there are a lot of people who are in the family or are meant to be in the family who don't yet know it. Adoption is a beautiful thing and I'm not done yet. The people you work with who live on your block, who share your college, your high school, your middle school. I love them and I want them home too. I'm not gonna rest until they am, they are. And I ask you not to either. I got so much more love. I got so much more grace. And people are living as orphans. Come home. Jesus came to undo the curse. We need Christmas because we need a new family tree. Some of us are um, not adopted and we need to be. Some of us are adopted and we're not enjoying it. We're not living like it. We're not rejoicing like it. Um, I've been all over the place this morning and uh, my apologies for that. If you remember anything, remember this. God wants you home. The way home is Jesus. And if you're not home um, here with him, uh, you won't be in eternity. And he wants you home. And for all those who are home, he wants you to enjoy it. And call everybody else home too that 's the gospel let 's pray lord i um, I thank you that um, your grace and your love is so great that you would um, you would want somebody like me in your family lord um the spiritual DNA that we have inherited from our first parents is one of rebellion, um, wanting our independence from you because we believe what they believe that you're holding out on us. Nothing could be farther from the truth. Lord, we want to come home and because of Jesus Christ, we can because of his sacrifice because of his death, burial, resurrection. Because you have open adoption, (laughs) We um, we want to come home and stay there. For those of us who have, Lord, we don't enjoy it the way we should. We let all the distractions and all of the threats and all of the struggles overwhelm that spirit that you've given us that cries out, You're my dad. And no matter what else happens, I have unshakable joy and peace because of that. Lord, you've given us an invitation, believers and unbelievers alike, to come lay down our independence, lay down our arms and run home. But we won't make it there without you meeting us on the road, running up, sweeping us up in your arms, and throwing a party. That's what Christmas is, and that's what we need. Thank you, in Jesus' name.